welcome to the last interview in our Exploring the Multiverse season. During the last interview, I, Maor Sadra, CEO at Incremental, interviewed 22 industry friends, thought leaders, and experts, throwing them a series of wild and not-so-wild hypothetical questions, some optimistic and some rather dystopian. To give you some idea on how fast our industry moves, some of the crazy hypotheticals from the first episode were actually announced or even materialized by the time of this episode. In today's last episode of this series, I tried interviewing Claire Rosen, but in reality Claire interviewed me. I do appreciate keeping the flow natural, hence we went away from the scripted questions. We had a great conversation about the hypothetical of what if I start a company. It was a special episode and I do hope you'll enjoy this one, even though we didn't stick to the script. Okay, so we're going to start in... Bonjour, bonjour Claire. Bonjour Maor, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I think the last one was called the Telephone Rose or something like this. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the second, I think it's the second time you're on our podcast, maybe the third or fourth time we do like a joint webinar or something. And we have not yet met in person, even though I was in, like I was in Finland a few months ago and I think you were not there at the same day I was there. No way, how is it possible? In Finland, normally, if when I used to be there, I try to meet people. So you know what? You will come in, in Paris. There is a further society in Paris, so you will come but there. To be fair, I much prefer Paris than uh, Finland. Wait, uh, <laughs> like to our uh, to our Finnish customer and uh, like uh, potential customers, we love Finland, but I much prefer but, uh, Paris. We love you, but just come in holidays in France. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Better food. And you know what? I think every time I was in Paris, I always experienced better weather. I know that like sometimes people complain. Um, and I enjoy that's a trick actually because I agree with you. I think Paris is overrated. The gems of France are more in the south. So if you can go in Marseille, in uh, you know, Lyon, and all those cities, like let's go together. Let's do a, a team building. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Claire, for the sake of new listeners, um, and you know what, for the status update, um, give an introduction yourself. What are you working on these days? So I'm working, you know me, uh, I, I always work on what I care about. And right now, uh, I get to know a company called uh, Carry First, uh, that is uh, the leading publishing company in Africa and uh, exporting also uh, African games in, in the world, which I find really, really amazing. So I decided to step back a bit uh, into my uh, entrepreneurial uh, gaming company to to work there, make sure it works, it's killing it. Um, and actually it's amazing uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm doing UN and MON, uh, I'm working, we, have a, we are a team of uh, three people, uh, I'm working with Natasha uh, who is uh, in India because we are a fully remote company. Uh, it's only amazing people, the diversity is massive, so I'm having a really great time there. Uh, and, you know, still having on the back of my head, of course, uh, you know, global warming games, but it's something I care a lot about as well, which is games uh, for good for the environment. That's me. Cool. So, and this is the first time you took that entrepreneurial plunge? So, no, actually, uh, <laughs> I had several uh, attempts, uh, more or less uh, serious, but, uh, you know, when I was working in, at Match Group, uh, I made my own games, uh, I tried to do some admin on it, so, you know, like, really, uh, you know, like... S- side gigs. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> but this time, this time you took the plunge. Yeah, I mean, I I I wanted to go 100% on it on Global Warming Games. Uh, I think I could have. I think I had some really good uh, early signs. Um, but I usually also think what, what first what I care about and where I can have a positive impact. Uh, and then, uh, you know, like life is long. Like I, I know myself, I'm sure I will have a, a lot of projects. Uh, but what about you? Oh, oh, has it been uh, those few months? I mean, I see incremental everywhere. Thank you. That means that we're doing something good. And you know what? You know how much we spend on marketing per month? Oh, tell me. Take a guess. I mean, you know, you are so good into organic and, you know, like things like this, that I'm sure it's it's zero. It's just good work and a good product. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. So far, it's still been zero, which is kind of like mind boggling. But uh, no, like, like, you know, like with you, like over the course of my 20 plus year career, I've many times wanted to take the plunge and or or try to do something on the side. And it always scared me, like always scared me to, to actually go and do it. And it's like, you know, when's the next payroll going to come from? Where is the next payroll going to come from? When uh, will it? What about all the stuff I don't know? Like, I don't know how to do X, Y, Z. Um, that uh, held me back a long time. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you're up to it, but I have a lot of questions on the topic, actually. So if you are okay with it, let's discuss about this. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Cool. So Mauro, my, my first question, because you are a super successful uh, entrepreneur, you know, and uh, and I think I was speaking also to some people from some other companies. They told me they all began in a sofa, uh, alone, you know, and so on. So how did you start and uh, what was challenging for you? I think the story, though, has to begin a lot before I started. Like, I think um, there is this, like, long from the moment of an idea. An idea, I agree with you, it's like, it, at least for a good entrepreneur, it needs to be a passion, like something you care about, bothers you. It doesn't need to be a new invention. It doesn't need to be, like, a, you don't need to be the best at it. Um, um, but it's something that bugs you, um, like a problem you want solved and sometimes it's a problem that you want solved that you kind of like don't understand why other people are not solving it um and but between that and actually going ahead and starting a company there is like a it's not even procrastination it's a it's a what's the word i'm looking for um you a resistance a resistance to do it Okay, so basically yourself, you put barriers that you, but basically you should not. Is it what you mean? Or is it some barriers more like? I think it's fear. I think it's fear. Fear basically drives you to tell you why you shouldn't do it, why it's like not the right time, why you're not the right person to do it, why uh, maybe someone else will do it. Basically all the things you're going to, in any case, hear from investors and people, like everyone telling you how this is not a good idea. This is never going to happen, blah, blah, blah. But I think, at least for me, I went through this like mental process where I've done all the resistance in my head. And then I just decided, okay, I don't need to worry or care about all the things I don't know. I just need to focus on what I need to do today. And if it's a challenge, you know, I don't know, I'll just figure it out. And kind of like tiny increments day by yeah. day by day by day by day. Only when you look back, you realize that, oh, I actually started a company. 
I did it on I did it on Zoom. It wasn't from my uh, garage and so on. This was like we started on Zoom. It was all during COVID days. Um, I, I love this. And actually, I have a question for people listening to us. I have a lot of friends that want to raise a company. And, uh, you know, like really often, I think it, a lot of people, they never spoke to an investor. So how do you begin to speak to investor? And what is a random conversation with an investor when you start? I literally Googled investor decks and started reaching out. And uh, and obviously, if if you were to ever, I'm going to show it to you. No, why not? If I were to show you the first investor deck of incremental versus the current, you will understand why we changed 80 versions. Uh, it, that's not even exaggeration. You make mistakes all the time and you think you're... You think you're like the best in the world of making pitch decks and you think people will get your story and what you're trying to, but they don't. And by the way, each person, is bring, each person you meet brings their own, whatever is going on in their day-to-day -to, -day to the conversation. So it's not really within your control. The only thing, again, I had to remember is daily increments, tiny, yeah. tiny, tiny increments. Um, and again, I literally Googled how to pitch to investors. How should an investor deck look like? Uh, list of investors and start reaching out to people and, and again before you know it like things start happening around you it's kind of like magic yeah but the all the resistance at least i told myself all the fear driven resistance i had you're gonna hear them in any case but at least you've already heard them because your mind already told you that and you've already went past them kind of like uh, why shouldn't this company do that it, the things you will often hear from investors like the why not it's so ridiculous. And based on sometimes the no's you'll get from investors, you would think that no company should ever be, like no new company should ever be founded in the world. But that's I mean, okay. Definitely, definitely. And actually I'm wondering another question that pops in my mind is, do you need a project to speak to an investor or not? A project? And do you do you need a product? Can you just pitch a ah. project to an investor or do you need to have already the tech? Uh, I don't know if it's depending, a game, like the game. Depending on the industry, like let's say again, if you're making a new invention, um, like an actual like product, physical product, people will expect to see either a prototype or a design or a mock-up or some kind of a plastic figure of, of that. I have a friend who is like creating uh, medical devices. It's a, it's a new type of wheelchair, basically. And when he pitched it, it was showing the designs. I, they didn't go and invest $100,000 to make the first one in order to invest. Um, in other verticals, it really depends on kind of like the vertical. Some like vertical categories and so on have more scrutiny, so people expect. Uh, but again, if you're talking about games, for example, specifically, no one really expects you to, hey, put $5 million of your own money to build this like game and show that it has traction and great KPIs and then invest. Yes. And then we'll invest. It doesn't really. Most yeah. I would say in this vertical, invest in the team. And honestly, the most important thing about like, uh, like I think doing it, at least my tip was never do it alone. Always yeah. do it with a co co-founder, co-founders. Um, so many it's... people tell me this. But it's risky to be honest. I mean, um, you know, like, how do you manage, you know, like to... I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if it's an issue with confidence, but I'm like, if it doesn't work, do I really want to potentially uh, put my friend that I love to work with in a bad situation, for instance? 
So you know, like, didn't you you think about it or not really? Like, you know what's like better? You know what's better than failing? Failing together. It's 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 a it's a weird sentence, and I don't think there's a quote for that. I think maybe I'm like made it up now. But you know, while you're failing, you could have an amazing time. Yeah, I've I've had I've had failures in my past as well. While failing, you look back and say, "Oh my God, that was like." an amazing time while you're doing it obviously while you're failing it's not great but um i i could not i think i couldn't do it mentally alone i need the support essentially and that's what your friends are there essentially to to, to be support and again like some companies fail it's like it happens yeah. even if it happens to you and it happened to me it doesn't mean you failed yes yes Yes, I agree. And, you know, I love this. And actually, uh, I met some some people, uh, you know, like in France, we have a gaming studio, super cozy that raises money. And, and they have been so transparent and clear about it. They have been, okay, so we raise money. So either we win all together or we lose all together. And I think that's why what I love the most, you know, like the honesty of the founder uh, sharing to the team. And I think that's where in the startup you get... Uh, such a, a strong spirit because people are fully aware that we are not there yet. We are, we are growing. We are going to, to, uh, to make it happen, but we are not there. So how is it for incremental? I'm really curious as well about the growth from a startup to an established company, because right now you are one of the leaders in, in uh, the industry. So how did you manage that? Well, I still think we are definitely a startup. We're not that big yet. Like, yes, we're growing fast and it's fun. And I think that maybe we're also often too harsh on ourselves. Um, it's great to see that there's like um, reception and positivity and growth. Um, I try to avoid thinking about it. You know, I actually had a, um, a conversation, like a podcast interview with someone who was like definitely a successful entrepreneur. And he asked me the question, like, do you ever fear that it will all collapse tomorrow morning? And I told him, oh, my God, yes, every single day. It's like, uh, I don't think you stop being worried, stressed, like the fear is still there. But again, I literally still practice these small increments. I can't worry about next year. I, it's, I have zero control over next year. I, I literally can only really control today. I love this. I love this. Another question uh, popping in my mind is, um, I love founders, to be honest, when I, I, I made those few months for Global Warming Games, it was nothing but uh, absolutely each founder gave me tips. Uh, but I noticed there is a lot of uh, men, 40 plus, uh, that are actually founders. So how do you explain this? How do you explain that? I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong, but I'm not seeing so much, for instance, women writing yeah. money, except as carry first uh, and so on. Do you no, I, I agree. I think it's a big problem. I think it has to do with the whole imposter syndrome. So as a founder, you are you will have imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's essentially often stronger with women, like this feeling. And it's very tough to get away from. And to give an example, um, we recently onboarded a new director in, uh, in the company. And she comes from uh, like major gaming companies. She is extremely smart. She understands more about this industry from a UA perspective than I think 95% of the people. She doesn't get that she understands more than 95% of the people. And I, I, I basically need to tell her, hey, trust yourself, 
be confident, and often it's a fake it till you make it. I think with women, often the fake it till you make it is not necessarily built in. I don't know if it's society. It's for sure would be more society than nature. Um, but, you know, I took quite a lot during, I think, the last two and a half years trying to understand like better to the point where I think our like job specs today, you know, there's like the bullet points, blah, 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 has a sentence saying, even if you don't tick all these boxes, if you believe this job is a good fit for you, please apply. Which I, I understood after I spoke with someone who told me this is essentially part of the reason that at least put some women away from, oh, wow, I don't qualify to all these 20 bullet points. No company in its right mind were going to be looking for someone who's perfectly fitting all 20 boxes. And again, I think, I don't know why, but I think that men will usually read, oh, wow, one bullet point where I'm relevant to, boom, click apply. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it could explain a lot of things. But do you think, from the investor side, there is a bias, or really, like it's it's more opposite? Uh, opposite. I think as a where women founder actually has a like higher likelihood of raising and okay. of succeeding. Okay. I think it's the it's only the fear factor. It's the I'm not good enough, the imposter syndrome stuff. I think that is essentially stronger because. Again, if I had waited to be perfect and everything related to entrepreneurship in order to start a company, I'd be dead. Like I'd be in my like late 90s and dead. Um, plus, I don't think anyone gets it. Yeah, uh, it's complex stuff. Like you know, you need a law firm and you need a bank and you need it's like I I did not study law. No, <laughs> no way. I agree. And now I have another question. Imagine tomorrow you are you are a, an angel investor and so on. What will make you invest in someone? I know them. I, I like. I think as a first angel investor, you invest within your network, people you know that you believe uh, in. Like what they do is honestly besides the point. It's do I think this person will care enough to make the right decisions along the way, amongst many bad decisions. Okay. okay. And like, I'll be, if I become an angel investor, it'll be like, hey, reach out to me for whatever, like no judgment. You know, at the end of the day, what I love is that it belongs definitely on the soft skill side, which is not something I think in companies we always experience a lot. But at the end of the day, maybe to be the, the new founder of tomorrow, what you will need is not your hard skills or, you know, like your super good management uh, of campaigns, you know, clicking on button. I went, and to, I, I went to my daughter's class. My daughter, is, she's 12. She's in the sixth class. I went to her class two weeks ago to give her class a lecture about um, what it's like to start a startup. And I gave them a couple of examples of like very successful, well-known entrepreneurs that all of them would know. And I basically went point by point. This was not the brightest people. They were not the most even innovative. They did not have the most amount of funding. They didn't have the greatest team in the world. Like I basically went, like uh, I went through Apple. I went through Tesla. Uh, I went through a couple of other very well-known uh, companies and walked them through their history. And none of them was like more special than others. They were not like the greatest whatever in their generation. They were not like Leonardo da Vinci. So what do they have in common? Um, vision, luck, um, and at the end, it's a company culture, which is related to like the vibe 
around that it's reaction to stressors, reaction to failure. Like, I don't know if if you fail and essentially you celebrate it and you try to learn from it or trying to learn from one another, that's awesome. If you fail and then you go batshit crazy uh, and start throwing stuff or breaking the pieces or firing people because they failed, then this is the vibe. This is the company culture. Um, and again, sometimes luck, luck, like, I don't know, we were lucky with incremental. I, mean, was... I, I don't think it's luck, to be honest. And this one, I don't buy it because I think luck doesn't happen without work, persistence, and, you know, like uh, full dedication. I think, of course, you have luck, uh, you know, an investor and so on and so on. But if you know this investor, it's maybe because every year you went to uh, an event uh, to speak to people and and one day, you know, like you share the same elevator and, you know, like you began a conversation and this is luck and this is not luck at the same time. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, but I do also like to sometimes take credit to like the coincidences in life that are not within my control. And, yes. and again, you can read all the books in the world and it doesn't necessarily make you a better entrepreneur than someone who just starts doing it. Yes. yes and again, yes. some people some people don't have this fear. Um, lucky them. <laughs> um, I mean, crazy them. Maybe like the common thing is also to be a little bit crazy, like to say, okay, I pose my life. Uh, I do something new. Like you must be super courageous, but I think a bit crazy as well. It's a good you know, form. I, Business, but... Maybe I want to want to correct myself. I think a lot of people have this fear. Not a lot of people talk about it. Yes. And that's yes. ego. That's ego. Look at me. I'm also good. So, do you think founders have a higher ego than other or lower? I think what we see often externally is ego, and <laughs> and we and we uh, obviously like we read it as oh my god they are so whatever more than me. Um, in reality, we are all human. I have not yet met a company led by an alien or a chatbot. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. We will get there in our lifetime, unfortunately. <laughs> but but at least, again, everyone experiences like emotions, feelings, like everyone experiences. Like we are not actually that special. That's, the, that's also something I once learned. And we're so, special, and but we're not that special. Yeah, and when you did this presentation, you know, uh, to to your your daughter about um, about this startup mindset and so on, what what did she tell you? Is it something that inspired her to do it or not? Um, I think uh, well, half the class was uh, was more happy about comparison of like Lamborghini versus Tesla, like the pictures <laughs> and the funny memes. I had to do it again. It's twelve year old, but. <laughs> Again, I hope the message went through. It's hard to see. It's like, you don't really know. It's like, if you look at what uh, inspired you, you only know about it in retrospect, not when it's happening. Yes. I mean, I, I hope definitely, you know, it's going to grow in some uh, some new uh, entrepreneur. Another question coming to me is that you ch your company, okay, let's not say it's an established company, but it's still growing a lot and it's not, you know, like free people anymore. So... How did your role change from the first day to today? Like what are, what, what, mm. is, what? So yeah, in the beginning, of course, I did everything that was not the development part, literally everything. Um, now I still do quite a bit, of course, um, but I do a lot less myself. So I don't know anything from like the marketing standpoint, socials and so on. There's someone who is kind of like responsible for that and she's responsible for that. 
a lot of the like new customer onboarding or at least presenting and giving a tour of the platform. Some other people do it. I'm still involved. And again, we're not big enough to the point where I shouldn't be. Plus, I do want to. Um, there are certain things I'm kind of like, it's almost once every month, I create a list, do more, do less. Okay. And nice. there are it. things I should be doing more and things I should be doing less. Um, but, you know, I, I think an entrepreneur as well, and especially a CEO, when, when a company grows, um, your job is to fill gaps. Any gap, you just put yourself there. So like it's, I often think it's not necessarily a leadership role and it's more of a supportive role. And, and again, filling gaps. So I'm, I'm going to fill the gap wherever I'm needed. Kind of like that. I think I, I had the same approach. I had the same approach in Applift. Applift was much bigger, like 250 people and 15 offices around the world. I actually think I used the same like approach of like, hey, I'm CEO. Yes. My my job is to fill holes. Yeah, you take accountability to what is missing, which is really courageous, to be honest. And uh, I would love to understand how you understand where you have gaps when you start. Because, you know, like when I start uh, Global Warming Games, uh, maybe I'm perfectionist, but I saw only gaps. So how do you, how do you deal with it uh, at the beginning? That's what I'm <laughs> saying. You shouldn't do it alone. You should do it with someone who at least can feel some of the gaps that you can't fill, uh, but it doesn't mean there will still not be gaps. Like obviously there are things that like me and my co-founder are not like good at or strong at. We are near, neither of us is lawyer, uh, our lawyers. Neither of us uh, founded the company from scratch to the point of going to angel investors. Neither of us did like, I don't know, like 40 pitch meetings a week. Um, plus it was pandemic. So it was a lot of like new stuff. Um, and at least when you have someone to kind of like speak with about the gaps and try to figure out together, and then one of you says, oh, wait, I know this person who can also help me fill another gap. You just start broadening the network. And before you know it, you have like first employee who is actually doing like feels a big gap. <laughs> and then you have a second who feels another big gap. And I, mean, I, and I can't then... the, the first employee. It must be such a thing. I mean, uh... I hope one day it happens to me definitely, but uh, it's so scary at the same time. I mean, when you you know open a job, I'm like, oh wow, so I'm accountable for the the, the job of this person and stuff. Uh, to be fair, again, the first employee was someone from our past who heard, hey, you're starting a company, I want to join. Like, I don't care, I'm gonna take zero salary, I want to join. So the first, first, first people who join you. They join because they know you and they believe in you and they want to be there. And they don't, they understand you're going to be all doing something bigger together. Yes, they will not have the same amount of shares as you, but they will have significant shares. Yes, and I think not... that's another thing. That's another thing that's important is uh, essentially create a company where it's designed to distribute the wealth if it becomes successful. Yes. And, and on this, uh, I just want to share, uh, I'm super grateful of all the people that uh, uh, when I launched the Global Warming Games uh, initiative, uh, some people actually, they joined me uh, freely, you know, to, to brainstorm with me, have meetings with me and stuff. Uh, it was a, a team of uh, four or five people and just want to shout out to them and take this opportunity. Please don't cut the scene. <laughs> no, no, I do, I do not cut uh, anything. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, it's insane how people, you know, like but when by the way, it, it proves the it proves the point I was telling you. It's like you like you have way more than you often again. This is not just you, this is you generalist. Yeah. Like you always have more than you think you have. Yes, but I, I was super frustrated, you know, to use uh, those people times without paying them, you know, like uh, I think this is something I will need to sort it out. I, I mean, it's it's hard for me to, to do this, I think. But it's beautiful, you know, to to see people trusting in you, in your project and, and stuff. I think it's uh, it's a gift. It's a gift, to be honest. I hope all uh, the CEO never forget it. Um, I didn't spoke to a lot of CEOs, so I wouldn't say if it's the case or not, but I think it's super important to, to understand this. Sometimes, by the way, it could help, like, you know, one, one of the companies that I actually really look up to is Steam, uh, Valve, basically, um, yes. and they have an amazing, like, written, published co uh, company culture. There is no titles there. There's basically product person, business person, techie person, stuff like that. Um, and I think often by like eliminating titles, you at least deflate a lot of ego. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, ego, ego, I think can kill a company, to be honest. Like yeah. if people are not able to work together or communicate, uh, you can be the best person. It's never going to, to work. So I, I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure it's well understood, to be honest. Uh, I didn't saw a lot of training, you know, like uh, on this, or at least I didn't have a lot when I was at school and so on. What about you, Maur? How did you learn this? How did you learn that ego is a, is a killer? I think over, <laughs> I think just over time, just experiencing, you know, I don't think there is a, so I don't have a degree, by the way, um, like nothing. And I think no one teaches these things. That's kind of like, unfortunately, in a way, part of the problem that, like we're all looking for certain patterns, certain like environments, certain systems. But honestly, the right way to start something is to start it. And the um, the best timing to do it is whenever. Whenever it could be today. Whenever it could be tomorrow. Whenever it could be a year from now. Whenever it could have been also five years ago. But there's no right, wrong here. And that's kind of like, it's almost the like, it's almost like this like secret that everybody doesn't say that anyone can do it. You just need to do it. That's cool. small, That's small increments, small increments. Incremental, sure. incremental, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> small, small, small. Yeah, not no 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 problem is too big when you start breaking it down to small pieces. Yes, and another thing I'm really curious is how do you keep your focus? What what are your tips? to keep a focus on something that you want to create. I know, you know, like when you are an entrepreneur, you want to change things uh, maybe every day because, you know, like, there is something new that you want to, to, to co-found. Yeah. So for me, yeah. it's a co-founder. It's the, um, it's a mutual accountability and it's also like self-reflection on like do more, do less, but mutual accountability means it's a partnership. It's a, it's a, it's a real partnership. It's a, it's like a relationship where you really don't want to break up because if you break up, it's like you've killed the company. So it's a relationship that goes through a lot of struggles as well. But uh, when you're not doing it alone, you have someone to help you kind of like focus on what you should be focusing rather than not. As you grow, you need to kind of like start developing this yourself. Hence my do more, do less. Uh, but uh, that's the stress, I think. Am I doing the right thing today? 
And do you feel right now you are closer to your co-founder than you were uh, two years ago? So I think we were always close. We fight a lot, but like anyone that tells you, oh, I have an amazing relationship with my co-founder, we never <laughs> ever fight. They're lying. I mean, I agree. <laughs> or, or they just don't talk. <laughs> Either or. But again, human relationship, you fight, you argue, you challenge one another. Um, but from, from that sense, do you think it's better to create a company with someone that is similar to you or someone that is super different? No strong opinion. I don't have a strong opinion either or. Like we're somewhat different, somewhat similar, and obviously we have complementing skills, some skills we share. But again, I think that the most important is just to not do it alone. I, like alone, alone would have crushed me. Alone, I would have given up. Wow, wow. So, so I mean, that's really inspiring. I mean, when we see your product where it is right now, imagine like all the, I mean, Imagine you did you gave up, it it would just not exist. It, it would be insane to be honest. I mean, it's yeah. insane. Oh, you know, like just persistence can make you can make you bigger. Yeah, this persistence and learning my career when I used to do sales, because sales, it's not like, you know, I don't know, you picture a salesperson like knows how to pitch and so on. No, sales is a is a numbers game. It's just persistence. Like you yeah. can really be bad at it as long as you keep on doing it you'll be fine. So I think that I learned. Um, and I think it definitely is a skill that helps me in entrepreneurship because often again, investors and reaching out and so on, it's like the only thing you really need is persistence. You Maybe I suck at it. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm absolutely terrible at this. But as long as I keep doing it, things and happen. Mar, really simple because, you know, like I'm personally not into this, those things and stuff. What is an investor? What is it? An investor. Like, what, what, what is it? Is investor? it a person? Is it a rich person that gives you money for free? Or, or, um, well, I mean, no one's giving you... No, so like an angel investor, you mean, for example. Yes. Yeah, and angel investor usually would be someone who has founded the company in the past, exited, has extra money, and rather than buying a flat and renting it out or um, putting it in the stock market, they basically invest in companies anywhere from... 5,000 to like the sky's the limit. Um, and they're not looking for a quick return. And usually an angel investor is just not going to expect to be on a board. An angel investor is more just going to expect to help use me whenever you need my help. Um, and obviously they're going to end up with some shares in the company. That's like how it goes. So if the company ever exits, then they will profit from it. But it's, again, it's kind of like, Theoretically, the same is going and buying a, like four flats and renovating them and renting them. That's an investment. Same. Perfect, perfect answer, and uh, it's personally helping me a lot. But so, do you do you think uh, the profile on, or investor uh, is quite diverse, or it's more uh, you know like the the ma the the person in in finance uh, that knows? No, 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 no. Your investors. So we did not do family. Some people do friends and family. I would say we did industry friends. Okay. Meant CEOs, VPs, CMOs of people I worked with in the past. Hey, I'm starting this company. Do you want to like invest? Um, I did those, like a lot of them. And right. yeah. And again, it's, and then it ends up quite diverse and it's mostly people I know from the industry, I would say around the world. 
um, who are willing to, in a way, loan us their money, get shares, because it's it's technically you can consider it as a loan. You're gonna pay them back when the company exits, uh, and if the company fails, you don't like you're it's gonna suck, but you you don't need to pay them back. So, what do you negotiate shares? Uh, so again, you, like I think that's kind of like um, so when you start a company, there is like rule of thumbs. How do you value the company? Technically, like it's kind of like a, a new company that doesn't have anything will value itself at like three to four million dollars. Why? I don't know. That's why. That's history, apparently. And then you say, okay, um, well, I need roughly a million for the next year. Um, so I'm gonna give you basically. I'm gonna now allow you to invest up to. 1 million and that's my total amount. And for that, I'm going to basically give you 25% of the company. That's that. Perfect. And, and uh, yeah. yeah and, and again, I think we changed the valuation and like how much we're raising 20 times in the beginning. And once the first one signs, kind of like, okay, now that's the valuation apparently. Well, how much is it? <laughs> no, the, initial, the initial was uh, something like 4 million. Oh my God, that's, I mean, congratulations, Mo. I, I mean, uh, you know, like, we often yeah, we're, forget. We're far, we're far from that now, but uh, that was the initial. What is it now? Oh, I cannot disclose that, but, oh, yeah. but much more. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's insane. Congratulations, Mo. I mean, that's, that's really impressive. And I think we are uh, reaching the time, so I don't know if you have I, a... No, it's like, honestly, like, obviously we had to, like, prepared questions and so on, but I love this. I love the fact that yeah. we went... I, I already know that I'm going to to share it with a lot of friends uh, that are actually founders. So I think it's going to be brilliant, to be honest. Uh, thank you, because to be honest, there is nobody speaking about this. Uh, or maybe there are and I'm not aware of. So it's my bad. Uh, so I really appreciate it and uh, I can't wait. I'm sure it will be super useful to a lot of people. And it was actually for me. So thank you for this. Thank you. And enjoy your sister's wedding. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm looking forward. Au revoir.